Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast, Episode 35. Cash me outside. <laughs> Everybody knows that in the world of purchasing products and services, including real estate, cash is king. If you can pay cash for something versus financing it or taking out a debt instrument, you put yourself in a place of higher purchasing power. However, when it comes to buying and selling real estate, there seems to be some confusion about what exactly a cash buyer looks like. No, she doesn't look like that girl from Dr. Phil. Just just so you know. But but how do you differentiate it from someone seeking a mortgage or some other type of financing? My name is Lou Lombardi. Now, here's the king of cash himself, Jason Wilcox. Thank you, Lou. I was uh, I was contemplating whether I wanted you to do the cash me outside title in that voice. And then I thought, no, whatever I pay you, it's not enough to make you do that voice yeah. on, a, on a live podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely be looking for a raise if I had started doing stuff like that. But uh... <laughs> And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But all is well here, even though it has gotten bitterly cold in the last 48 hours. How about over yonder across the uh, across the road there, just a couple co- couple across, blocks from where I'm at? How's, how's it over there? Is it just as cold over it's on your be- side of Cannonsburg as it is mine? It's beautiful. It's a balmy like 40 degrees. We're fine. We're, we're going to be totally fine. <laughs> yeah, we went from 70 to 40. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that welcome to Pennsylvania. What, what what's the uh, joke? Uh, uh, you know, if you go from uh, heat to air conditioning back to heat in the same day you're you probably live in pennsylvania you know so yeah that's that's exactly (laughs) it not just in your car but in your house as well (laughs) so uh we are talking about cash right jason yes we are talking about cash and what is a cash what is this whole thing because like when somebody says cash like i get visions of folks you know showing up at the closing with a giant you know briefcase full of money you know is that a cash Offer. <laughs> yeah, yes and no. Yes and no. This is not like an old school mafia movie like The Godfather where if somebody's paying cash. They're bring, bringing like two steel suitcases of unmarked bills to closing. No, uh, according to Trulia, they define a cash offer as uh, being someone who is an all cash bid, meaning that a home buyer wants to purchase the property without a mortgage loan or other financing. And we all know what a mortgage loan is. We know that basically a mortgage is a debt instrument secured by the collateral, which is the property in which the borrower is obliged to pay back the principal with interest for a certain amount of payments. And if you don't take, if you don't pay the lender or the financial institution back, they foreclose on your home or basically take it away from you. But I think what a lot of, you can't see me, uh, over 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 the airwaves quoting what a lot of cash buyers don't realize is what that other financing means because that other financing puts them into maybe some type of uh borrower that's not technically all cash and that's kind of what i wanted to hit upon today okay so an actual cash officer offer is you know somebody coming to closing and or with a cashier's check for the full 
Or or however you guys have agreed that it's going to be taken care of, whatever. But but the point is there is no debt instrument, you know, or anything like that. It's paid. The guy gets gets into the house and that's his, you know, there's no mortgage that he pays his taxes every year. That's what he does. Right. But this is where it gets interesting. You're exactly right. A cash offer is basically someone who brings a cashier's check up or they wire the funds. That's that's completely that's right, reasonable too for the full amount. Um, and it's paid from that, that buyer right up front. But this is where it gets confusing. And this is where some people can get caught with their pants down. The question is, what is other financing? Because the thing is, if you're borrowing that money from mom, or dad, or grandma, or grandpa, or a brother, or a friend, Mm. or, you know, uh, the rich neighbor down the street, whatever, you're not technically a cash buyer. Other financing means that you can get financial help from a private institution. There's nothing stopping me, Lou, if I have $2 million in my bank account. Side note, I don't, so don't try to steal my credit or my 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 identity because you're not going to find it there. But there's nothing from stopping me if I've got $2 million in my bank account to go to you, Lou, and say, hey, Lou, I'll give you the $200,000 to pay for this house. And we we set up, you know, so, interest rates and payments uh, and things like that. Uh, okay, I'm going to use, I'm going to, I'm going to use a uh, real estate investing term. You're going to be, you're going to be impressed. So yes. in other words, you would be a hard money lender. Yes. Ah, yes. See, I got it. Yes. I knew it. I knew that. Was yes. Thing. <laughs> that's that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So that that is what hard money is one form of other financing. But um, and this is what I've had happen several times in in recent times. And as I've said before, I draw on inspiration of my own transactions and my own office transactions and kind of what's going on as inspiration for this show. And if you are borrowing money from a parent, you are not. A cash buyer, you're you're not because the money's not coming from you. It's coming from someone else, and so if it's coming from someone else, even if it's another blood relative, you're not a cash buyer because that money's not coming from you. It's technically coming from a private lender, even if that lender is giving you all the money and not charging you any interest and not charging you uh, any type of payment period. It's still borrowing money from somebody else. So still, you're technically getting a loan from someone. Does that make sense? Yes, I I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> so so, but um, so how does this differentiate? Does this change what happens at closing, or how does this? What does this do? So it doesn't necessarily change what happens at closing. Um, you, you know, if if let's say your your mom or dad or whoever or a private investor is giving you the money, you know, they they may wire it to to the closing company directly ahead of time. Maybe they give it to you and then you bring it to closing. It, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, and not to hop around too much, but if you get a loan from a bank and the bank says, yes, we'll give you $250,000 to pay for this house, you know, you go through the, the, the lending process, you go through the loan application, you do everything you need to do. If they give you the thumbs up, then right before closing, the bank sends the money to the title company and it's there waiting for you and you just bring the rest. Okay. Well, if you're a cash buyer and that money's coming out of your own bank account, you just bring the full amount uh, to closing you know, no issues there. And then if you're getting it from a private investor, same thing, the private investor or the hard money, wherever it's coming from can be sent to you. And then you bring it to closing or they can send it directly to the title company. However, uh, they want. Okay. 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 So, so the money can come from 
friends, relatives. Where does it come from, though, if you are a cash buyer? I mean, that's just like your savings or maybe you sold something or you just were very shrewd and... Yeah, you know, never, yeah, exactly. Never changed the, the, it. Never bought new sheets or new clothes, or you know, drove around in a twenty-year-old vehicle, right? Yeah, and, and this is kind of the whole point I'm getting at with this whole entire podcast. If there's nothing else out of this episode that our listeners take away from it, is this: there is only one place that cash can come from if you are a cash buyer, okay. and that is your bank account. You, Mr. Smith, you, Mrs. Jones, whoever you are, it has to come. Now, yeah, it can come from your savings account, checking account, money market account, stocks, bonds, 401k. It can come from wherever. We don't care. But it has to come from your bank account. If it's coming from mommy's bank account, you're not a cash buyer. If it's coming from a hard money loan, it's you're not a cash buyer. You know, if it's coming from anybody other than your own account, you are not a cash buyer. So it has to come from your bank account in order for you to be a cash buyer. Okay. All right. So then, and I don't know what this means. So you have to help me. This is, this is mortgage. This is uh, mortgage, mortgage (laughs) contingency. Tell me about a mortgage contingency in the agreement of a sale. I don't know how that connects to cash, but I, yes. I, I will be uh, showered with your uh, infinite uh, knowledge and wisdom here. So Yes. And this is the, the, the concept of being a cash buyer. This is the point I wanted to drive home with this episode. So what's really interesting about when you're a cash buyer in a real estate transaction, in the agreement of sale, there is no place to say, yes, I'm a cash buyer. Because technically, if, if you think about it, let's get really philosophical here for a second okay. as we sit around the circle listening to uh, you know, the Grateful Dead or whatever. Technically, all sales are cash because if you get a loan from a bank, the bank is sending cash. It's not like they're sending rubies or diamonds or gold or whatever. They're they're paying cash. But what it comes down to is in the agreement of sale, you don't say you're paying cash. You say whether you are electing or you are waiving the mortgage contingency. And if you waive it, that means you are waiving getting a mortgage. You are waiving, you know, reaching out to uh, some type of lender or financial, you know, um, supplier, and you are bringing the money yourself. Okay. And the reason I bring this up is because I've seen this happen on several occasions. The problem is when you waive that contingency, you say, okay, I'm bringing cash to closing. I've got the cash in my bank account. I'm ready to go. Well, what happens if you say you're a cash buyer, the cash is not coming from you. It's coming from mom or dad or a relative or a private lender. And then they up and say, two weeks before closing, you know what? We changed our minds. We're not giving you the cash or we changed our minds. We don't have the money. We fell on hard times. We can't give it to you. Well, now you're stuck between a rock and a hard spot because you said, Mr. Buyer, Mrs. Buyer, you were a cash buyer. You were bringing cash to closing. And then all of a sudden your cash supply didn't come through. So then you try to go back to the seller and say, I can't close because the money didn't come, the the money didn't come to me. And the seller's going, wait a minute, you told me you were a cash buyer. You had the money. Well, we did, but my mom and dad decided not to give it to me. So you weren't a cash buyer because you were getting it from someone else. You were lending it from someone else. So now you're in between rock and a hard spot because you need to terminate because you don't have the money, but you don't have any legal basis in the sales contract to terminate. And that's where so many people get into trouble. Now, what's really interesting about the mortgage contingency is that in the mortgage contingency of the agreement of sale, 
you get to spell out the whole map of the you know continue the, the mortgage the loan amount the terms the type of mortgage whether it's conventional fha va uh, loan to value ratio if you're uh, a conventional loan you know who the lender is who the interest rate is how much the interest rate is how many points are associated so you get to spell all of that out so if you're borrowing from a parent, then you're not a cash buyer. You just say you're electing that mortgage contingency and you're just getting it from a private investor. You're getting the full amount. They're not charging you any interest. You know, it's not any special type of loan. You're just getting it. But then that way, if something happens in two weeks before closing, they say, we're going to no longer give you the money. Well, now you have a reason to say, okay, well, the money didn't come through. I have to walk away because the mortgage didn't work out. And then you have rights. But if you said you're a cash buyer, and you don't have the cash because it's coming from a relative. You just you see where the house of cards falls rather quickly. Okay, okay. what what I've discovered in you know in the months of working with you on this podcast is a lot of these things like the uh, mor- mortgage uh, contingency <laughs> are uh, CYA. Cover your ass. Yes, one hundred and fifty percent. That's exactly what one hundred percent correct. So, and this is why I think that, like people that go out and try to do these deals on their own, you know, get can get them get themselves in trouble because they right. may not know what a mortgage contingency is, and they may think that they have the cash, and then this terrible thing happens, and then they are up a creek, and they're in a, they're 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 in trouble. Um, so uh, so. You know, it seems to be like a kind of reoccurring theme, right? You know, maybe we should have called this the CYA real estate podcast. (laughs) Maybe, maybe we can go back and change the title. Let's re-record the intro. But, but Lou, you know, the other thing is also too. it, It reasons to think that if you're borrowing money from from a parent or whatever, that you would be a cash buyer. It's it's plausible to think that. Right. It's reasonable Absolutely. to think that. The problem is you need someone in your corner who knows this business business enough to go to go to you and say, well, no, legally you actually aren't a cash buyer, and they need to step in and they need to be able to explain why. And you might not would agree with them, but if they can explain to you in a uh, you know plausible, reasonable manner, they can kind of set you on the straight and narrow. But at the same time, if you're having these conversations before you make the offer, rather than after you've made the offer, again. You're not having to CYA because you have already CYA'd. Exactly. Um, so I, as you said, you know, as you said many times during the course of recording these podcasts that you base these on real life experiences. So yes. I think that you have a, a specific story in mind that you would like to share. I do. And it's funny because every time I share these stories, I always think to myself, I really hope the person out there maybe isn't listening because they're not going to know exactly who they are. (laughs) After this story, I can wholeheartedly say I have not had a phone call conversation with this buyer since I let this buyer go. And I've not, I've not looked back ever since. And I don't think he has either. So there were two houses up for sale in our office. Um, they were two phenomenal investment properties. Um, it was, it was actually an estate sale. The, uh, the, um, there's actually a, a, an estate attorney that was actually selling the two properties for, uh, an estate. Um, I think they were in, they were in an area of the South Hills. They were like 60, $65,000 each. There were two of them. 
They were phenomenal rental properties. They were in great shape. And there's no doubt whoever got these properties could go in, do a little bit of work, and it would be phenomenal. So this was at a time when listings were still at a shortage. And it was no surprise that these two properties went on the market and they just went like hotcakes. I think if I remember correctly, the final count was 17 offers that came in. Now, Here's the here's here's the thing you need to know. Um, I'm gonna si- I'm gonna deviate for just a brief second. These were two properties that were being sold by an estate uh, attorney, and either the estate or the 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 like a lender, like a bank uh, notary, or somebody had to sign off on it. You have to understand this when you get into those kind of situations. The person that will win 100% of the time is the easiest transaction, meaning it doesn't matter if you're the most money. If you are cash, waiving all the contingencies, can close short, you know, willing to use a local reputable title company, all these things, most likely you're going to win because estate attorneys and, and banks and lenders and whoever have to, administrators of the estate, they don't want to be bogged down with BS. They don't want to renegotiate after the, you know, a home inspection comes in. They don't, they just don't want to be bothered. They want to sign on the dotted line and go to closing. So in this case, it was really interesting because there were two properties and there were 17 offers. Some of them were for one property. Some of them were for another property. And then some of them were for both properties. So right away, the offers that were for both properties were going to the top of the pile because the estate attorney wanted to get rid of these things. And then from there, you know, we had investors coming in and the one that bid cash and the one that, you know, waived the contingencies and, I knew I could win this for my buyer because he was willing to pay cash. He was willing to pay the, he was willing to weigh the contingencies. I was like, I know I can win this for him. And what happened was uh, we made the offer and it was cash, waived the contingencies. We went a couple thousand dollars over and my gut told me we were going to run into an issue. But what happened was he had enough cash to buy the one house. He did not have enough cash to buy both houses. And his dad was going to lend him the cash for the other house. Makes the offer, sight unseen, which again was red flag number two, but that's beside the point. I write up the offer. I submit it. Uh, It's one of those ones we're waiting for like a week for the results to come back. But, you know, I'm hearing through the grapevine, we might be in a good position. It's looking good for us. All of a sudden, Two days after we make the offer, he goes, we have a problem, my buyer. I said, what's that problem? He goes, well, you know how we made the offer before we saw the property? I said, yeah. Well, after we made the offer, while we were waiting, since we knew it was going to be like a week before we heard back because of some some of the stuff going on the estate side, uh, he said, um, can we go look at the properties? I said, sure. So we went to go look at the properties. We took his dad. He goes, my dad doesn't agree with this investment. He thinks it's a waste of money. He's not giving me the money. So I only have cash for the one, but I can't afford both. And I said, you're, you're kidding me, right? And I had a few choice expletives in between <laughs> that sentence. I said, you're kidding me, right? I said, you're going to kill your shot at winning this transaction because whoever's going to win is going to be able to buy both properties for cash. He goes, yeah, we have to change our offer. Um, and I went back and the listing agent had a few choice words for me because we were in the running. Things were looking good for us. Luckily, I was able to pull the offer before the estate attorney signed on the dotted lines. And because we pulled it, I saved him any legal troubles or whatever. But he was willing to put down, I think, like five or $10,000 hand money. And had I not pulled that offer before the estate attorney signed, he would have been in default 
fault and he would have lost his hand money and he would have lost like five or ten thousand dollars all because he thought he was a cash buyer but he wasn't he was getting some of the cash from himself some of the cash from his dad and his dad decided to back out because his dad didn't agree with his purchase and i terminated that transaction and uh he never called me back i never called him back and uh i wish him nothing but the best (laughs) (laughs) um sometimes all you can say is god bless you Yep. Yep. And, and, and Lou, you have to know that those ones hurt as a real estate agent, because look, you know, I won't lie, you know, I'm blessed to do something I love in this, in this world, but at the same time, um, you know, this is what we do for a living. This is as, as John Perry and I talked about, this is what feeds our family. This right. is what put clothes on the table or clothes on our backs and food on the table and pays our bills. And it's tough when you lose those cash waving all the contingencies. Cause basically you go to closing and all you have to do is wait 30 days for the paycheck to come in. I mean, that, that one stung just a little. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can, I can imagine. Well, that's a good story to have on tap for the next time you're talking to somebody and they insist that they're a cash buyer and you say, well, let me tell you a story or what you could do is say you need to go listen to the really real real estate podcast episode 35 yep exactly. and then we'll talk <laughs> then we'll have a powwow over it <laughs> uh so so any uh, final uh, advice or thoughts on uh, on this uh, subject here jason before we wrap up my final thought is actually just something I mentioned earlier in the episode, but it just bears repeating. If the money is not coming from your account with your name on it, your John Hancock on it, and you're the one who's authorized to take that money out of that account, you are not a cash buyer. That money is only good. Uh, the cash offer is only good if that money is coming from your savings account, your money market account, your checking account, You know, Roth IRA, 401k, stocks, bonds, whatever. If it's coming from anybody else's bank account, even if it's a family member, friend, you know, private investor, then you are technically not a cash buyer. You are getting a loan and you need to uh, write up the offer as such. Okay. Well, there you are, guys. Be careful out there when you're throwing around this term, uh, I'm purchasing with cash. Just keep the, yep. keep, keep keep that in mind because uh, this is a, you know, <laughs> a cautionary tale. We don't want to see, we don't want to see you get into any trouble. And uh, Jason doesn't want to be put because we know what's going to happen. You know, this Jason, you're going to hire Jason. He's going to be your real estate advisor and he doesn't want to get on this road again. So just, just, just know, just know, just know. And speaking of uh, hiring Jason as your uh, real estate advisor, you know, if you have any questions about this subject or any of the other uh, plethora of topics we've covered over the past uh, 35 episodes, or something else we haven't covered yet, or you have a suggestion for something you want us to talk about, or you just have a question. Uh, you, you're not maybe not ready to buy tomorrow, or maybe even in six months. You're you maybe you know you're thinking maybe next year sometime. You're thinking about maybe doing something. Jason is always ready to talk. He loves to connect with folks. Um, he wants to be your real estate advisor as we said many times on the show if somebody comes up to you on the street and says who's your accountant if somebody says who's your attorney if somebody says who's your dentist you know those names who is your real estate advisor right okay you can get uh, you can get a hold of jason and you can start laying some groundwork get some ideas of of where you stand because anything could happen in this crazy world and it's just great to know and have this information so just feel free to reach out with uh, to jason he gives his freaking phone number out on the internet that's how crazy he is about this stuff. He loves it. So you can call Jason or uh, or text Jason at 412-651-4638. And if you're a little shy, you can also always email Jason at jason.wilcox 
at pittsburghmoves.com. Guys, we have whittled away yet another episode of the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. Keep this in mind. Keep this story cautionary tale. You always want to pay attention. And we're going to catch you guys on the next episode. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.